over the last few weeks, you've seen family pictures, and you know uh, we are a cross-racial family. We've adopted both of our daughters. Um, you might want to ask later, so I'll go ahead and answer now. We adopted our daughters locally from Jacksonville. Uh, so, you know, my wife and I really felt when the Lord called us into adoption uh, that he wanted us to adopt in America first before we adopted if he led us to from other nations. And so he ended up um, leading us to adopt both of our daughters locally. And so we have amazing stories, one of which you'll hear as I minister this morning about our family dynamic. And so um, this morning, I will say I might be a little long-winded because I want you to get a feel for us. And so I'm incorporating some of the testimonies and, and stories of our family into what I'm sharing with you this morning, uh, because I know in a little bit you're going to decide if you want us to be your pastors or not. And I understand that for you and for us, this is a big step of faith. I realize that. And so that's what I want to share with you about this morning is faith. And although faith is at times overlooked in Scripture, it's viewed as super simplistic, I challenge you this morning to kind of expand and open your view to know that faith is actually unbelievably integral to our walk with the Lord and something that you and I as believers continually need to grow in as we are walking with the Lord. And so it's amazing to see, you know, the word faith is used in the New Testament alone over 200 times. Over 200 times the word faith is used in the New Testament. And so I had a lot of scriptures to pick from this morning. Um, and so <laughs> I narrowed it down to just a couple. But we're going to begin together in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, right? <clears throat> the writer of Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, is actually quoting the original testament where he says, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, we live by faith, not by sight. And it's so interesting that so much of what we do in our human life is by sight, right? Like as you're going through your day, you're planning, you're preparing, you're choosing to do things as you see it come up right? Like as you walk through your day, you're making choices about what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And that is a process by sight. But our relationship with the Lord is a walk of faith. It's not a walk of sight. Why? Because we've not yet actually seen the Lord, but nonetheless, we wholeheartedly believe him. We wholeheartedly believe that in worship this morning, the Lord was present, the Holy Spirit was present in this room. We wholeheartedly believe when we bow our heads and say a prayer that it's actually being heard by the living God. We walk by faith, not by sight. And there are times when it seems like everything's not going our way and we still walk by faith. When it seems like everything in front of us is crumbling, falling apart, going south, you know, a 90 degree turn, and, and we just stay the course because we're like, no, I have faith that the Lord's going to move here. I believe God's doing something in this. And it's so important that we understand that because Hebrews 11 and verse 6 tells us without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
Right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God because those who come to him must, number one, believe that he exists, right? Which is faith. Believing the Lord exists right now in each and every one of us is an act of faith. But number two, we must believe that he rewards those who earnestly seek him, right? Do you realize that in your faith walk, a very aspect of your faith is the Lord rewarding you for seeking him? It's a part of your faith. There is a reward that comes with seeking the Lord. And I believe that that reward is manifest in three different areas in our lives. And we're going to talk about those three areas this morning. Right? I believe the first area the Lord rewards us is in our daily faith. Right? It's the faith you have every day that you put in the Lord. Right, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing, hearing the message, the word of Christ. Your faith literally comes through that belief that everything from Genesis to Revelation is what God says it is. And as you read that message, as you hear that message, as you accept the living word of God, which scripture tells us in 2 Timothy was God-breathed, Right? It had human writers. It had one author, the living God. Right? Scripture had one author. Everything that's there is there because God put it there. And we need to remember that and understand that as we're walking by faith. We need to remember that when the Lord put something in Scripture, he put it there for a reason. Right? So when God lists Abraham as the father of faith, it's there for a reason. When God lists Rahab the prostitute, as a manifestation of faith. It's there for a reason. Because God didn't mince words. All scripture is God-breathed. And as you're walking with the Lord in daily faith, you have to believe that word is true. You have to believe that the Lord rewards those who tithe. The Lord rewards those who pray. The Lord rewards those who read his word. The Lord rewards those who walk out what scripture tells us to walk out. And when we believe that, we have like what I'll call right here daily faith, right? Then there's a step up in the faith world, and I call this breakthrough faith, right? Breakthrough faith is when God does something because you have faith in him that goes over and above what you expected, right? In the book of Mark chapter 5, there's a story there about a woman who was subject to bleeding for 12 years, and it says that she pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of Jesus' garment and power came out from him and healed her. Right? Power came out from the Lord. And he turns around and says, who touched me? And the disciples are like, Lord, everyone's crowding around you right now. And Jesus is like, no, this was different. Right? Like this morning, some of you in worship were crowding around the Lord and some of you in worship really touched Jesus. It was different. You knew it in you. Other people around you might not have known it, but you knew it. And as you press in to the Lord, he knows it. Because he knew that what that woman did was different than what everyone else around him was doing. And finally, she acknowledges it. She says, it was me, Lord. And what does he say? Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free. That was a breakthrough for her. Right? Years ago, when I fell in love with my wife... I was a broke evangelist. <clears throat> Some of you know what it's like to be broke. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of money, but I was crazy in love with this woman. 
And I had started saving up a little bit of money here and there to buy her a wedding ring. I knew what I wanted. I knew the cut, the color, the clarity, the carrots. I knew what I wanted to get her to propose. And as I was saving up that money, I had hit a a, a particular mark in money. And I was so excited. And I was invited to minister at a church to speak on a Sunday morning. And I had shared, and afterwards the pastor had invited me out to lunch. And while we were out to lunch after that service, there were some missionaries that were with us there at that church. And in sitting in lunch with that minister, those missionaries brought up the fact that they needed a vehicle for their ministry. And when they said how much money they needed to reach the mark of purchasing that vehicle, it was the exact amount of money that I had saved to the dollar to buy my wife a wedding ring. And the Lord said to me when I heard that number, give them all of your money. And I said, I rebuke you, Satan, get behind me. (laughs) Just being honest. And so then I did what many of us would do. I went to like check and see if it was really the Lord. And so I said to the Lord, okay, if this is really you, I'm going to step outside and I'm going to call Sharon and I'm going to tell her you want me to give away all the money for her wedding ring. And at this point, we're like six months from our wedding date. I said, I'm going to give away all the money and Lord, she's going to be okay with that. And so I called Sharon and I said, I feel today like the Lord wants me to give away all the money that I've gotten to purchase your ring. And Sharon, without hesitation, on the phone responded back to me and said, you can't outgive God, so if that's what he's told you to do, do it. And I was like, this woman is a keeper. <laughs> and so I went in and I wrote a, a check and I gave all the money that I had to those missionaries. And I was like, Lord, we have a wedding date set and I don't have a ring for the woman that I love. She's stepping out in faith to marry me. I need her to know that, like, you're going to reward her for this. Like, I need her to know, Lord, that this is you. And two Sundays later, I had been invited to South Dakota to preach on a First Nations Native American reservation. And it was literally in the middle of nowhere. There were 12 people there that Sunday morning, counting me. And at the end of that service, the pastor asked me to stand at the back door and shake everyone's hand as they left, which didn't take long because there was 11 people. And the last guy that came up, his name was Dennis. He came up and I shook his hand and he said to me, I don't know what this means, but God told me to buy you a wedding ring. And I said to him, what do you mean when you say that? (laughs) Right? I mean, I'm just saying. (laughs) And I said, "What, what do you mean when you say that? And he said, the Lord told me, the Lord told me you need a ring and the Lord wants me to to bless you by buying that ring. And then he said this, and I want you to know there's no price limit. You can get whatever you want. And then I said, when you say there's no price limit, (laughs) do you really mean that there's a limit and you think I'll naturally stay under it? And he said, there's no limit. Get whatever you want. Well, the nearest town that even had a jewelry store was two and a half hours away from where I was at. 
I climbed into my rental vehicle and I drove to that jewelry store and I walked in the door and I said, I want this cut, this color, this clarity, this many carats. I want and they didn't have the ring that I wanted. It's a small town. And they said, we can put a couple of rings together to make that ring. And I said, wonderful. And they said, you'll need to stay over till tomorrow. We'll have our jeweler going to this evening putting it together. I said, awesome. Stayed over. The next morning, Dennis met me in town. And I was, I was concerned. I was concerned we were going to walk into the jewelry shop and what I had picked out was going to be way beyond what Dennis had in mind. But we walked into that shop and the lady laid the price tag on the counter and Dennis reached into his jacket pocket and pulled out a roll of cash money and set it on the counter and the lady counted it out and it was $5 over the exact cost of the ring. And I said to him, did you call ahead and know? And he said, no, the Lord told me how much you were going to spend when he told me to buy your ring. And for me, church family, that was a breakthrough in my faith. That was a breakthrough moment for me as a young man to know the Lord was with my wife and I. The Lord was for us. And that the Lord, I, you can't outgive God. Right? That when I had stepped out in faith, the Lord responded back to my faith and showed himself faithful. And in doing that, I knew then that the Lord was with Sharon and I. I knew he was for us and our journey together. And we have watched the Lord do amazing things from that day to this day in the 17 years of our marriage. Right? But you have daily faith. You have believe in the power of God's word. You have breakthrough faith. And then over here, you have what I call miracle faith. Right? Breakthrough faith can happen in finances. It can happen with a vehicle. It can happen with a home. It can happen with children. It can happen with a number of other things. Miracle faith is outside of our ability to do things but God. And miracle faith is when the Lord shows up and shows himself strong. Right? In Matthew 9, the Lord opens blind eyes because of their faith. You see that in, in verse 28 through 30, it says that the Lord, right, opened their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. According to your faith, let it be done unto you. And so when the Lord shows up with miracle level faith, he's taking you outside of yourself and he's doing something that only he can do. Four years ago, I was ministering in a small church in Scranton, Pennsylvania, do we have any Scranton fans here? If you know, you know. If not, it's all right. <clears throat> but I was ministering in a small church in Scranton, Pennsylvania. It's a great friend of mine. His wife is a sign language interpreter for uh, the city government there. And so their church has a deaf section. And his wife and daughter do sign on Sunday mornings for the services. And one Sunday morning, four years ago, there was a young lady sitting in that section named Abigail Smith. And Abigail was deaf. She had been deaf her whole life. And in the middle of my message that morning, the Lord laid it on my heart to call Abigail out of that deaf section and lay hands on her ears. And I did. I stepped out in faith. And I called her out. And I laid hands on her. And I prayed over her. And in that moment, nothing happened. Nothing happened. She went back to the deaf section, deaf, the way she had walked out of the deaf, deaf section, deaf. But I had obeyed the Lord. I had done what God had asked me to do. The next night on Monday night, their church has prayer. Abigail was in prayer and had come out of the sanctuary doors to the parking lot. And as Abigail was walking to the vehicle with her mom on that Monday night, 
for the first time in Abigail's life, she heard something she had never heard before. She heard the sound of the wind blowing through the leaves and the trees. And then she heard something else that she had never heard before, and it was a sound of rubber on asphalt as a vehicle drove by the church. And in that moment, Abigail realized God had totally opened her ears and given her hearing. She ran back into the prayer room and like, was like ecstatic. <clears throat> the whole church, like she heard music, she heard voices, she heard all these things that she'd never heard before. And in human nature, people said, well, this isn't really true. Like, this isn't really real. I actually have the before and after from Abigail's audiology appointments where she was deaf and now she can hear in perfect on every level of human hearing. Uh, she, she sent me copies and I, and I have them. The before and after. Why? Because God showed up and did a miracle. Right? Was it that faith was stirred when I called her out of that section? I don't know. Was it that God was good to her and her faith? I don't know. What I do know is she was deaf and now she can hear. What I do know is the Lord moved in a way that man could not move because doctors weren't able to do for her what the Lord did. And now she's a worship leader and has written over 14 worship songs just celebrating and reveling in what the Lord has done for her and the church has actually recorded an entire album with her of her worship songs that the Lord has given her. All original. From a young lady that was deaf to now being a worship pastor. Why? Because the Lord showed up and did what he does. He did a miracle. Because we serve a miracle-working God. We do. We serve a miracle-working God. And as a body of believers, especially those of us who are openly and boldly spirit-filled, we should absolutely trust and believe that the Lord is a miracle-working God. We have to lay hold of that. We, we should be the most Christ-like people anyone encounters because everything Jesus did, he did by the same spirit that lives in us, right? Everything Jesus did, he did by the Holy Spirit, right? Read his life, right? He was anointed by the Holy Spirit to do great signs and wonders, right? Everything Jesus did, he did by the spirit that lives in us, and Romans tells us the same spirit that lived in him lives in us. So if it did it in him, how much more will it do it in us? How much more will the Holy Spirit empower us? Right? Jesus said in John, everything I have done, you will do and more. And more. I just want to get to the place where I'm doing what Jesus did. Right? Then I'll believe for more. Right now, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. And that comes when I step out in faith. And for each and every one of us, that faith is manifest in three different areas. Number one, that faith is manifest as a gift of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tells us about the gift of faith. Right? In verse 9 it says, So another, by the same Spirit, faith. Right? There's literally a gift of faith that comes from the Spirit of God and is given to believers. Right? It's one of, the, one of the gifts. What's so amazing is a gift comes at a time when you might not expect it. That's what makes a gift so wonderful, right? Like some of you, like you're going throughout your day and someone shows up and is like, hey, I brought you a gift. And you're like, oh my gosh, thank you. Right? And then you open that gift and you're like, this is awesome. This is wonderful. I love this. 
right? It's a gift. There are times when faith comes in a moment, unexpectedly. It wasn't there, and then it's there. My wife and I have a, a young lady that's a kind of a spiritual daughter of ours. She's married to another pastor in our city now. She grew up in our church. She was the first intern that we had in our ministry. And a number of years ago, she was sitting in the home of a young family in our church who had been unable to conceive. And they were in a dinner party in that home. Well, Emily is the young lady's name. In the middle of that dinner party, Emily looked at that couple and said, I suddenly have faith for you to have a baby. And they were like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> right? There's like people sitting around the dinner table. They're in the middle of a dinner party. And, and they were like, okay, that's, that's really wonderful. Thank you. And Emily then said to everyone else there, would all of you be willing to leave the dinner party so they can have a baby? <laughs> and everyone there was like, sure. <laughs> they stopped the dinner party. Everyone left. Emily was the last one out the door. And she said to this young couple, I, I have the gift today for the Lord to, to give you a baby by faith. Nine months later, that couple had their first child. They had been unable to conceive prior to that and the Lord showed up that night in an unexpected way and gave them a gift through faith. Through someone else's faith believing for them, that gift made itself manifest in an unexpected way. The Holy Spirit does that in us, to us, and through us all the time. The second area is fruit, right? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, right? Faithfulness. Faith is literally a fruit. And you know what makes fruit different than vegetables? Some of you gardeners in here probably know. You can eat vegetables before their ripe season. No one eats fruit before its season. No one eats apples before their season. No one eats oranges before their season. No one eats bananas or blueberries or other fruit before they're ripe. People eat baby corn, baby okra, green tomatoes, right? They eat vegetables at any point in its growth phase. But fruit, you have to wait and allow it to build and to grow. And in some of us, our faith is in that growing phase, where you're waiting patiently on the Lord and putting your belief in Him that He's going to do something, even though in that moment you might not see it. And then suddenly the season is ripe and you harvest that faith in faithfulness. Years ago, my wife and I were living in the spare bedroom of a family in our church. We had been asked to move out of the house that we had lived in very unexpectedly with our infant daughter, and we didn't really have a place to go. And as I was seeking the Lord, one day the Lord spoke to me about calling this couple from our church and asking them if we could live in their spare bedroom for a season. And being an associate pastor at a mega church, it was like the most humbling thing in the world to me to like reach out to a family about putting everything we had in storage and living in their extra bedroom. But we did it. We did it. And I called this couple and I said to them, would you be um, open to meeting with my wife and I Sunday after service? And no one knew that we had been asked to move out of our home. And I called the wife and I said, would you and your husband be open to meeting with us after church on Sunday? And the wife said, yes, we will. And then she said this, 
but if you're getting ready to ask to move into our home, the answer is yes, you can live with us. And I said, wait, how, how do you know? And she said, when my husband and I were in prayer this morning, the Lord told us you were going to reach out to us and needing a place to live, and we want you to know you can come and stay with us. To this day, we are closer to that family than any other family in our community because the Lord literally knit our hearts together in an unbelievable way. But while my wife and I were living in that home, looking forward to getting out and having our own place, we, we, would, we would try and try because we told them we'll be here three, four months. And in three, four months passed, and then six months passed, and then nine months passed, and then 10 months passed. And my wife and I are like, we're, we're in someone else's space occupying this for like all of this time and it's so difficult for us. But then one day when our church was in a corporate fast, an extended fast, the Lord spoke to me in a 21-day fast on day one and said, on day 19, you can call this realtor and give them this area of the city and this amount of money for you to move into a home. And so I waited. I told Sharon, I said, the Lord's spoken to me about this. And on day 19, I called that realtor and I said, this is the area of town I feel like the Lord wants my wife and I to live in and this is how much money we have. And the realtor said, you will not find a house in that area for that amount of money. I said, that's just what the Lord told me and he told me to do it today. And she said, okay, I'll look. She called me back and she goes, I found one place. <laughs> Literally, she goes, I found one place. And I said, I only need one house. I don't need two houses. <laughs> And she said, well, it just so happens that the homeowner lives in North Carolina, but he's here in state today um, doing some other things. Would you like to meet him? And we were like, yes. And so he met us at the, the house. And he came through the front door and he, and he walked up to me and he said, are you a preacher? And when someone asks you if you're a preacher, it can go a couple of different ways from that point in the conversation. And I said, Yes, sir, I, I am a preacher. And he said, are you at this church? And I said, yes, sir, I am at this church. And my wife will confirm this to you. He threw his arms open like this and said, welcome into my home. You love the Jewish people and I am a Jew. <laughs> we ended up doing seders with he and his wife and different things, celebrating the fact that the Lord knew exactly what we needed, where we needed it, and had it already prepared for us. But we had to wait patiently while God was growing something in us for that next season. We couldn't rush ahead. There were times when we were trying to get out of their home and we would literally be on the phone with a realtor faxing information and they would say, it's not coming through. We would send emails that wouldn't get to their destination. And we were like, Lord, what is going on? And all the while the Lord was like, I'm growing you in this. Be patient. And it wasn't easy and it wasn't comfortable, but it was God. It was God. And we knew in the end, what the Lord had done, and we were so thankful to him for doing that, right? And so you have the gift of faith, you have the fruit of faith, and the third thing you have is the shield of faith. Ephesians 6.16 says, what? Lift up the shield of faith with which you can quench and extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. The awesome thing is about that shield, if you've studied anything about Roman history, the Romans like perfected war. And they didn't use little round shields like Vikings used. No, they used a full body shield with which when they held it up, it covered them. 
But the thing about the shield of faith is it only covers you when you're advancing and moving forward. It doesn't cover you from behind, right? And so the Roman soldiers had to trust in the other soldiers around them to protect them from behind as they were advancing forward in battle. But the awesome thing is, is that shield, when lifted up, could protect me from those flaming arrows, but it could also protect the person behind me from those flaming arrows. And when we, as a body of believers, raise up that shield of faith, we're not just raising it up for ourselves, we're raising it up for those around us. That it not only protects me, but it protects those I love. When I raise up that shield of faith, when I put my full faith in the Lord, my faith does something for those around me. Right, And the most amazing example of this to me is in Luke 5.20 where these friends rip through the roof of a stranger's house and lower down a guy on a mat who can't walk. Jesus sees the man on the mat and what does he say in Luke 5.20? Because of their faith, you get healed. It wasn't the man on the mat's faith. It was the faith of the friends that were willing to do whatever it took to get him to Jesus. Their faith brought his healing. Their faith brought his breakthrough. And as Christians, as believers, it's on us at times to raise up our shield of faith for those around us that we can take on everything the enemy's trying to bring their way with them and for them. Because they may be weak, and they may be worn out, and they may not understand exactly what God's doing, but when we come in alongside them, our faith can help them get breakthrough. My wife and I have had two successful adoptions, two amazing daughters. Both of them came in a suddenly. We've had four failed adoptions, all in pursuit of sons but we've had two successful adoptions with daughters. And when Finley was four and we were in the process of adopting our next child, we were matched with a little boy and we were so excited. But all the while as Sharon and I were moving that direction, we would say to Finley, Finley, you're, you're going to have a little brother. He's going to come and, and be here with us and it's going to be so exciting. And people had done a baby shower and we had boy clothes and all this different stuff. And we we're like, Finley, you know, the day is getting close. You're going to have a little brother. He'll be here soon. And Finley would go, no, I'm going to have a sister and her skin's just like mine. And we would go, but it's a boy. It's not a girl. <laughs> and she would go, no, no, I'm going to have a sister. Her skin's just like mine. And then our placement, our match fell through. And we didn't bring home a son. And for my wife and I, it was like, like wrenching in our hearts. It was wrenching in our hearts. That yet again, at that point for the third time, we'd not brought home a son. And we weren't sure what in the world the Lord was doing with this. And I remember one Sunday, I was laying on the living room couch watching football. And my wife came out of the bedroom, and she came into the living room, and she looked at me and she said, just like this. And when they pulled Daniel from the lion's den, they didn't find a wound or a bruise anywhere on his body because he had fully put his faith in God. And my heart just like, like resonated in my chest. And I sat up and I said, what did you say? And she goes, 
And when they pulled Daniel from the lion's den, they didn't find a bruise or a wound anywhere on his body because he had fully entrusted himself to God. And I said to my wife, I think you just quoted the Bible to me. And she said, do you think that's how scripture says it? And I said, I do. And I grabbed, I had my NIV Bible laying there on the coffee table. And I grabbed it and Daniel 6.20 says, and when they pulled Daniel from the lion's den, they didn't find a bruise or a wound anywhere on his body because he had fully entrusted himself to God. And I said to my wife, this is the Lord speaking to us. We don't understand what he's doing, but we have to trust him. And then our daughter started saying, don't worry, my sister's out there. She's just not here yet. Jesus has her. And my wife and I were like, okay. And she started calling her Quincy. She would say, Quincy's out there. She's just not here yet. Don't worry, Jesus has her. And my wife and I were like, okay. And days passed. And the adoption agency called us one day and said to us, we have a birth mom here who wants to place a little girl today. Are you guys interested in adopting? And we said, yes, of course. And she said, there's just one stipulation. The birth mom insists you keep the name that she's picked because her daughter is almost four months old, right around four months old. And my wife and I were like, listen, nowadays that name could be anything, right? Like, I mean, I think people name their kids Apple. Like, you know, just like the names out there. But my wife and I were like, okay, we, we're, we'll, whatever the name is, we... And when we walked through the doors of that agency, and we have the video, and they put our youngest daughter in our arms, they said, this is Quinn. And I lost it. I lost it. Because my four-year-old had been by faith prophesying the coming of her sister for like 30-something days at that point. What my wife and I didn't realize is that entire time, Quinn, our youngest daughter, was in an incubator at St. Vincent's because she had been born at 29 weeks. And the whole time that my wife and I are struggling through, not understanding what's going on, our four-year-old was so in with Jesus that she was calling her sister by name before she ever came into our home. Her faith carried us because we knew that the Lord was doing something because it was so unusual to us as parents. It was so outside the box to us that we knew in that moment, this has to be the Lord. And then when we got Quinn in our arms and they told us her name, it was like God was stamping confirmation from heaven on all of the difficulty and all of the trouble and all of the trial that we have been going through, saying, I know the end from the beginning. You don't see it, I do. And to my wife and I, we couldn't see it at times. Because we were the ones in it. And church family, as we grow together in the years and years ahead, there will be times when people we love will be sitting beside us in church and they will be struggling and they will be battling and they will be going through things that they don't see the end from the beginning. It's up to us to come alongside them and lift up the shield of faith and say, although you don't see it right now, I stand with you that God is in control. I stand with you and believe in a God who does miracles. I believe in a God who answers by faith. The world around us doesn't need more great theology. The world around us needs to meet the living God. 
Anything I argue someone into, someone else can argue them out of. You will never change the mind of a person that has experience in something. You won't. Why? Because they know that they know that this is it. They know that they know this is real. And for us as spirit-filled believers, we should be those who've experienced God together and can speak to that experience when others come looking for the real thing, the living God. We've got to call them up with us. James chapter 5 talks about this. When it says, go to the elders of the church, right? Is anyone among you sick? Go to the elders of the church and have them pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer prayed in faith will make the sick person well. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. The prayer prayed in faith. Hold on a second. It can't be the person's faith or they wouldn't need to go to the elders of the church. No, it's the elders, it's the leaders in the church's faith that's there on behalf of the person with a need. They're raising that shield up and saying, come in and encounter the Lord and we stand with you and believe for God to answer. We're raising up our faith with you knowing God is more than enough. And we live in a day and an age where a lot of people claim to have faith, right? But they don't actually do anything with that faith. Right, we've watched so many people post-COVID struggle in their faith journey, and we've watched people in mass walk away from the faith in ways that are heartbreaking. Because here's the thing, right? James also tells us that if you say you have faith, but you don't actually do anything with it, your faith is dead. Right, James chapter 2, faith without works or without deeds is dead. Because I can stand here all day long and say, oh, I have great faith for you, but if I don't pray... If I don't stay in the word, if I don't lay hands on you, if I don't walk with you and what you're going through, my faith dies in me. It's like the Dead Sea. There's an inlet, but no outlet. And so everything that comes in dies in here. But the Sea of Galilee, which is teeming with life, has an inlet and an outlet. And so the life within it has somewhere to go. So it continually is renewed in life. And that's the way it should be for us. Our faith should be put into deeds. We saw it on Friday night when we came into this place together and prayed and sought the Lord over children in this community and in the nation. Right? We see it when we give and support missionaries that are going out. We're taking our faith and putting it to action with our finances and sending those missionaries out to the uttermost ends of the earth. We see it when we do outreach to the, the homeless in our community. We're believing by faith what we're doing with them and to them and for them is actually having an impact in their lives and we will see something come from it. That's faith with works. That's faith when we put action to it. And at the end of the day, the amazing thing is faith is the only thing that's listed in all of these areas. Right? Faith is the only thing that's a fruit, a gift, and a part of the armor of God. There isn't anything else that's in all three. It's just faith. Love isn't listed in all three. Peace isn't listed in all three. Love isn't, it's, it's, your love is literally your faith taking action. Because when you love the community around you, you're moving by faith to do what you know the Lord wants you to do. 
But faith being manifest in you, at times you need to ask, Lord, which way are you manifesting that faith? Is it a gift? Are you growing it in my life like fruit? Is it something you want me to hold up like a shield to guard and protect? And the awesome thing is, it doesn't even have to be a lot. Right? The book of Matthew tells us faith the size of a mustard seed will move an entire mountain. It'll move a mountain. So for some of you, that faith, it doesn't have to be this huge thing. It can actually be something very small that you just step out in, that the Lord responds in some amazing way and shows himself on your behalf. And we know that in the day and time that we're living right now, I mentioned it a while ago, a lot of people are walking away from the faith. But listen, the Bible tells us this is what happened. Right? 1 Timothy 4, in verse 1, it says that people will walk away from the faith in the latter days. But you know what the Bible also says will happen in the latter days? There will be a great move of God. So while some are walking away from the faith, others are walking into the faith. Right? Because the Bible makes it clear that at some, that some soon coming day, church family, the Jewish people are going to begin to call out to their Messiah, Jesus, and turn their faith to him. And before that happens, we Gentiles have to make them jealous. What's going to make the Jewish people jealous in the last days? It's a church that's walking in the fullness of God. Think about it. There's nothing else we're doing. The Jewish people are already so blessed by the Lord. There's nothing else we do in human life that would make a Jewish person jealous of Jesus as my Savior, but that I'm walking in his fullness, but that he is so manifest in the church and in the body of believers that the Jewish people look at him and go, well, wait a second, he's ours. That day's coming. That day's coming where they're going to look and say, he's ours. We want him. We want him. We're taking him back, right? And, we'll get, and we have the great joy of getting to say, come and take him. <laughs> he has more than enough to go around, right? It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. And until that day comes, we will continue to live and walk and move and have our being in him, and we do it by faith. And the awesome thing is, as we do that, he responds. He responds back to us. 2 Samuel twenty two twenty six. This became an earmark verse in my wife and I's life a number of years ago as I was battling a medical condition. It says, to the faithful, God shows himself faithful. Let me just tell you right now, you can't out-faithful the living God. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. The faithfulness of the Lord goes way beyond our measure. And I have seen his hand in it. My last testimony this morning, and then we're going to pray over people. But years ago, my wife and I discovered I had a medical condition. My body did not produce testosterone the way a typical male body should. And in my early 30s, I had less testosterone in my body than a postmenopausal woman. And my wife and I started working with a naturopath doctor for my body to be healed. And in working with that doctor, he gave us this verse of scripture, 2 Samuel twenty two twenty six. The Lord is faithful to the faithful. And he said to my wife and I, as you, as you walk this out, the Lord will show his faithfulness to you. And we started doing all these naturopath things, right? And we got my testosterone up 
We moved the needle up, but then it plateaued. And we were like, man, Lord, what, what, what do we do here? And we started incorporating medicine. But I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it made me feel. I, I didn't like the, the anxiousness that that had. And I was like, man, Lord, I know there's something more you want to do. And in the midst of another 21-day fast at our church, we had this amazing prophetess, a woman of God who is a dear spiritual mom to me. I was in the sanctuary one day by myself praying. And she came in the doors. Her name's Mo. She came in the doors and she came over and she sat down beside me in the seat and she said, hold my hands and let's just pray in the spirit together. I knew. I was like, I started holding hands with, with Mama Mo. Like, I was like, I'm going to be like all messed up. because <laughs> she, she was one of those spiritual moms that if she said anything to you, you obeyed. You know what I'm saying? She said, hold my hands, let's pray together. I reached out and I took her hands and started immediately crying. Started immediately crying. And she said to me, You've been so faithful to the Lord in this journey. But the Lord is now telling you that he's going to do a miracle. And so it's time for you to turn things over to him. It's time to trust the Lord. And I knew what she was talking about. I knew she was talking about my body and the healing of my body. And I got home to my wife and I said, the Lord wants to heal me. And so I'm going to stop all of the medication. I'm going to stop all of the natural path stuff because I know God wants to heal me. And church family, I got way worse I, things plummeted. Sharon will tell you, it didn't go well for months. For months, it didn't go well. I went back to my endocrinologist, and she ran tests, and she was like, you need to restart medication immediately, right away, get back on this. And she wrote me a prescription, and I, and I walked out, and I sat in my car, and I cried, and I cried, because I knew I'd heard the Lord. And I have a friend in the Jacksonville area that has a an working cattle ranch. And I go out and spend time with him there because I'm a big outdoorsman by heart. And I was out one day running barbed wire to realign some of his fields for a rotation with his cattle. And I was so exhausted that I laid on the ground and started crying. And I was like, man, Lord, you, you said you were going to do this. You said you were going to heal me. You said you were going to take care of this months ago, Lord. From a spiritual mom, you shared this with me. And then the Lord had even confirmed it through another spiritual leader in my life. It wasn't just one voice, it was two voices. And I, and I was laying on the ground. And church family, I can't explain it to you but God. I just got this overwhelming feeling. And I said out loud while laying on the ground, I'm going to get, and forgive me, I think we're all adults here except for one kid. I said, I'm going to get my butt up off the ground and I'm going to be healed. And I said it just like that. I'm going to get my butt up off the ground and I'm going to be healed. And then something like stirred in me and I said it a little bit louder. I'm going to get up off the ground and I'm going to be healed. And something stirred in me again and I said it louder. And I said it louder. And then, in the middle of that field with no one else around, I started shouting it. I'm going to get up off the ground because I'm healed. And I stood up in the middle of that field 
And from that day to this day, years and years later, my levels are exactly where they should be for a man my age. The Lord showed up and manifest himself in the middle of that field with no one else around and met my faith. He responded in faithfulness to my faith in him. And you, who knows where you are in your walk with the Lord this morning? You may be going through unbelievably difficult things. You might need healing in your body. You might need breakthrough in a work situation. You might need the Lord to bring restoration into your marriage or into a family dynamic. I don't know. But what I do know is the Lord's faithful. And I know that he responds when you show faith. And so this morning, I want to have everyone stand with me. And I know in a couple of minutes we're all going to go and eat and fellowship and you're going to get to ask me questions and, and all of that. And I look forward to all of that. But all of that to me right now is secondary to this moment and what the Lord wants to do here. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed for me across this room this morning, if you are in this place and you say, Pastor Farrell, I need the Lord to to bring me a breakthrough. I need the Lord to manifest himself in some area of my life or my family. I need the Lord to show himself strong. If that's you in this place this morning, I just want you to lift your hand up right where you're at. You need the Lord to answer. Yeah, there are hands up all over this room. And I will tell you openly this morning, I'm standing in for pastor. I'm believing for the Lord to touch pastor. This morning, He's, he may be watching online right now. And I am standing in faith for him and his sister for the Lord to show up right now and make himself known to them. The same way he did to me alone in that field, I believe for the Lord to show up and make himself known. But if that's you and you need the Lord to show up, keep your hand raised and I'm gonna pray over all of you this morning that the Lord would do that. He would show himself strong. Lord, I pray over every person in this place right now that needs a manifestation of your Holy Spirit in their life. Lord, Psalm 103.3 says you heal all sickness and all disease. Lord, Isaiah 53 says by your stripes we are healed. And so first this morning, Lord, I pray over any sickness, any disease that's present in this place, I rebuke it right now in Jesus' name. And I call forth restoration of every cell of your body. Diabetes has got to go. Cancer's got to go. This morning I had a burden for uh, macular degeneration or issues with the eyes. That's got to go right now in Jesus' name. Anyone that's having an issue with their ankle or, or their foot, like tingling, numbness, or, or it, it's not working the way that it should, be healed in Jesus' name. Migraine headaches have got to go right now in Jesus' name. Healing come by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're in this place and it's for a breakthrough, you serve the God of more than enough. And so, Lord, I pray over everyone here this morning that you would bring that breakthrough. Lord, if it's something in their work, bring breakthrough in their workplace. If it's something in their family dynamic, bring restoration and healing and breakthrough in relationships. 
that people would walk humble and pursue peace. I feel like there's somebody here that's having an issue with a family member, a parent in particular. The Lord may be calling you to go low, even though you're due the apology, you're due the repentance. I feel like the Lord is calling you to go low and serve, and you'll see that break down walls. Lord, for every area of need that you would come and you would respond to faith this morning with faith. Yeah, for a parent in here that has concern over a child, the Lord is on the move even today. I feel like he's going to open a, a door of opportunity in the next five days. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are faithful and you move and show yourself strong on our behalf. And so we take every burden and every care right now and we lay it at your feet. And we say, come and have your way. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. <clears throat> so I'm gonna take a few minutes. Um, by all means, please feel free, go and enjoy lunch. But if you want specific prayer over something, I'm going to stay here at the front. And I would love to agree with you, to lay hands on you, to make a stand with you in the faith for the Lord to bring breakthrough. If you feel like it's over any of the things that I mentioned uh, a while ago, then know that the Lord's already called that out and he's already on the move. Right? He's already doing that because it's been things that I've been praying over since my wife and I got in town together. But it is such a joy to be here with you. And in all honesty, I hope this is the first of a lot of Sundays together. I hope you get to see and know my family and I much, much more in the months ahead. And it's such a joy to be here with all of you today. And if we haven't met and talked yet, I look forward to doing that. Just be patient with us and we want to give the Lord time to minister. So Larry, is there anything we need to... Or are we good to release? Awesome, yeah. If you had a need and you didn't come forward, I'm sure Pastor Farrell and uh, anyone from the, our altar workers will pray with you. Don't, don't leave here not getting something that the Lord is dealing with you for, with. So, but we are going to break for, uh, for lunch. I'm, I'm going to ask a blessing. Um, I'm going to ask that you go back and, 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 and be seated, and then we'll come back and, and get, get the, uh, get the uh, activities uh, started, started back there. So I'm going to ask uh, if you, if, if, uh, parents, if you could keep your children with you as we go through the food line, uh, that would be great. And then we'll, we'll, so we'll reconvene back in the fellowship hall momentarily. Yes, babe. Yes, yeah, yes. Uh, we will have... Uh, uh, Pastor Farrell and Sharon, they'll, they'll go first. And it'll be much like yesterday. Uh, we'll eat, 
And then uh, after we eat, um, the, you'll be welcome to ask them any questions or, or anything that you, you would like to know. But um, man, what a message. What a powerful message of faith today. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for, for meeting us here, Lord. Thank you, God, that we come into agreement already with these prayers that's been prayed over these needs, Lord. And thank you for reminding us, God, that today you're a miracle-working God.